Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with Mrs. Charlene Nader Severino. Yes, you got it. Hi. You are a speaker, wife, uh, mama, proud Afro-Latina, which I love. Before uh, you go into talking about yourself, I just wanted to say, or before we were doing this, I was mentioning to you that I found you on Instagram, oh, gosh, probably over a year ago. I know you've had your account for more than a year. I know it yes. was pre-COVID. It's like COVID is like the unfortunate date of things. I know. Um, we're like coming up on a year right now. I know, kind of crazy. Um, yeah. I can see your growth with it is amazing. So why don't you go into introduce yourself, briefly discuss your motherhood journey, your family life, how many kids you have, and then we'll jump into what you do. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Nicole. It is a pleasure of mine to be a part of something that's just positive and bring women together and listeners to be able to receive and take something away from the conversation. I think podcast came at a perfect time because it was like, it started to get really popular around the time when we couldn't be in the same rooms together. So amen to that. So a little bit about me. So I am a mom. I have three beautiful children. I have a 16-year-old daughter, a seven-year-old daughter, and a three-year-old little boy. So I finally got my boy. Love him to death. I love all my children. I am married. Been with my husband for going on 16 years next month. Wow. So it's been a long time. We, we have 16 years together, but we'll be celebrating nine years married. But I count all of it, okay? Because it was all part of the journey. <laughs> <laughs> definitely is god bless you guys 16 years i'm sure that could be every every time i talk to like a, an og mom or like an og wife i'm always like i know that can be a whole separate conversation oh absolutely that's a, that's another podcast mama we're gonna leave that one out <laughs> but yeah so we're coming on 16 years next month you know i just everything that i do everything that moves me for the exception of my walk with God is my children. My children and my husband, my family are what will move me, what brought me to where I am today. You know, you mentioned following me on social media for about a year now. I've had my Instagram for going on six years. I've organically built almost over 27,000 followers. And I say organically because it really is just being myself, being myself and just growing in all of the areas that God designed for me to grow in. And my businesses have flourished through my social media. I've had my children through social media. So it's really been a journey and so many women have been a part of it with me. Okay. So a little bit of what I do, I am a mama that wears many hats. I am definitely a serialpreneur. I think I finally took on the role this year. Like, yeah, you got a few businesses that you can mention. So, so do it. It's always been in my heart. I took up business, law and business in school, and I knew that business was where I was going. Entrepreneurship was something I wanted before I knew what the word meant. I promise you that when I was like in, in elementary, middle school, I'm like, I want to own businesses. They're like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I want to be my own boss. 
like for real. And here I am now walking in my calling. I have the coaching business. I am an accountability coach. And I also have a merchandise line called Relentless Faith that was birthed through a very hard, dark moment in my mine's in my husband's life last two years ago and I'm also a real estate investor that's the new one that's the new B <laughs> building that generation of wealth for families yeah. and I also have a nonprofit called House of Jam and it's a 501c3 where I work with women who have experienced any kind of abuse from emotional sexual domestic and I just remind them who they are and remind them that they can go forth and be anything that they want despite their hardships and their downfalls. And that is me, I guess, in a nutshell. I love it. I, I feel like it's almost like bundled up so sweet, but I'm like, there's so much to unload there. And kudos to you. That's amazing. I think as women, we always find it difficult to, it's kind of funny how you said I'm coining the term this year, stereopreneur, you know, I think yeah. it's trying to be humble and we're very much like this, but it's like, no, a lot of times I don't even speak on my podcast. My husband has to be the one to be like, mention wow. your podcast. Like, you know, you're doing great things with this. Right. But I don't know, we just tend to kind of, I don't know, but I'm going to work on that too for 2021. Good for um, you. You mentioned the podcast everywhere you go. Okay. (laughs) That goes bold. You're helping other people, your gifts to others. So you have to put it out there. Was the speaker, the coach, was that your first, what was the inspiration behind going that route? What was it that made you kind of want to be a speaker, accountability coach, and then quickly kind of pivot as best as you can, how that kind of transitioned to some of these other entrepreneurial endeavors that you have? Yeah, absolutely. So really quickly, I'll share. The first thing I did was House of Gem. My nonprofit was the first business. And and it was a heart posture. When you have a nonprofit, it's a heart posture. You don't necessarily make money in a nonprofit. Can you? Yes. But years in. But it was my heart to serve women. I loved to help women. I wanted to be in an environment before a bunch of um, brunches started happening and all this woman empowerment started happening. I, I mean, years ago, I literally would put together these brunches and just bring women together and pour into them. I just love to love on women because I'm a woman and I know how hard it is to be a woman and how many hats we wear and how many times we put a smile on our face, but we're really broken inside mm-hmm. and how we just want that person to really put their hands on our shoulder and say, are you okay? Mm-hmm. But are you really, really okay? Yeah. And for you to be like, no, I'm not. And to be able to share that. So that's where I started. I started with the nonprofit. The idea of being a speaker, it was natural to me. It's a gift. It's just a gift. Our gifts, we're born with them. Sometimes we think we have to go out and find these things and discover ourselves, but they live inside of us. What we need to do is remove the junk that's in the way that keeps us from being able to know who we're really called to be. And that's what I had to do. I had to do a lot of reflection, a lot of self-development, a lot of looking in the mirror, a lot of dying to my flesh. And when I did that, then I felt equipped to be able to help other women to walk in their calling, which is where the accountability coaching came into place. It's like I was doing the work for me. And then literally without me even incorporating the business, women just began reaching out to me like, hey, I think you can help me. And I'm like, really? I, I mean, I don't, I don't, how? And they're like, how do you do what you do? 
And I started off doing it for free and just helping women did like, you know, we'll work together for two to three sessions and then it turned into a business and now it's a whole academy. So, you know, when people tell you start where you are, even if you're scared, even with the little bit you have, really do that because no more doors can open if you don't walk in through the first door. And that's kind of why I am where I am today. The Relentless Faith brand, even with that, my husband had a car accident two years ago that almost took his life. He had seven surgeries back to back. He was in the hospital and had to have his whole foot reconstructed. When that happened, I had to rely on a different type of faith. I couldn't just say, oh, I'm going to just trust God. I had to literally get on my knees and pray. I had to open my Bible, read scriptures. I had to rely and know that God was going to save my husband. And then I had to be a mom and juggle all the rest of the things all at the same time. That is where relentless faith was birthed. It was a different type of faith. It was a faith that was going to happen even if I didn't see it, but I was going to work and I was going to be strong and push forward. And then from that came the business. Women began to say, oh my God, I love that relentless faith. We want items. We want products that represent that. So, you know, it's funny. I know others won't see it, but you could. So I have journals. I have lounge sets. They're so cute and comfy. I have uh, planners, mugs. I have tumblers. I mean, the idea is to just stand on relentless faith in all days of your life. And then that was birthed. And then my husband and I were finally in a place in our marriage that we decided we were ready to get into business together. And it was years of us thinking about going into the real estate world. And we finally took the plunge. And it hasn't been easy because you really learn about someone in business. Okay. Yes. You could be married for 15, 10, 12 years. But when you come into business together, that's a completely different monster because you have to really learn them. They have to learn you and you have to see them with a different hat, you know? So then, you know, so that's kind of where, and I hope I answered the questions correctly, but that is the journey of how I got where I am today. No, that was perfect. And again, I feel like it's such so many things to unload because I think to your efforts of seeing and, and, I can see like your journey of pivoting and being very adaptable and saying, okay, and taking when things happen and saying, okay, this happens. And now how can I pivot or transition and kind of gain from there and learn from it in whatever Absolutely. aspect that that is, which I think it's is always amazing. a lesson. Yes. And the aspect that you're Afro-Latina, where's your family from? So I'm Boricua from Puerto Rico. <laughs> I was born on the island of Puerto Rico and came to New York when I was about five. And then I was just in New York for uh, for the rest of my uh, young adult years until maybe when I was 30, 30, I think 31. And I moved to, no, 30, 29. And I moved to Maryland um, for my husband and, and his career. And we've been here since. Wow. And where part of New York did you go to? The Bronx. Okay. <laughs> So I am, I am the, I am a Bronx, New York Rican. So born Ooh, yeah, look at that. I left when I was a baby, but my husband always now is like the new coin. He's like a, a New York attitude, but Floridian. And I'm like, yes, that's it, girl. It, Listen, it, that it, doesn't it, go it, away. It, it doesn't go away. And, and, and being around my family just does it. But I mentioned that because when it's so important, how you said the generational wealth, right? Because I yes. think. And I want to talk about that briefly, be kind of when we go back into a little bit of, you know, the importance of faith in your life and career and all of that stuff. But 
we don't talk a lot about a generational wealth. Now mm -hmm. I see a lot of minority people going in and trying to help some of the youth and talking about financial things, things that we should have been taught mm -hmm. and trying to erase a lot of the stigmatism and progress yes. of like, of that's been instilled in us. Yes. Why was Poverty it, mindset. Yes. Why was it so important for you and your husband to have that? And where did it, it hit that you were like, look, we need to do this and we need to do this for our family. What was it for you? Because, you know, some people even our age and older, they still don't yeah. have that mindset. So what changed for you guys? I think that I would like to say that when I was younger, I was one of those girls that had what, what they call it, be a budget, but champagne taste. Uh -huh. I like the finer things in life, but I knew that I couldn't get it when I was younger because it just wasn't available, right? My mom raised us with my dad and they did the best that they could. But, you know, it's like the idea of, you know, better, you do better. They just didn't know better. So they gave us what they could, which wasn't bad. I didn't have a bad childhood, but I always wanted more. And when I had my daughter, my oldest, who is not my husband's daughter, but he's raised her since she was 10 months old wow. and she is going to be 17. So he's been there since pretty much day one, yeah. maybe day two, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and her father's in her life. He's a phenomenal dad. So I take, I don't take that from him, but my husband stepped up as her stepdad and, you know, he's been there since. So when I had her, I remember walking down a specific block on Pelham Parkway in the Bronx. And I used to see this house on the corner and I would always be like, I want to buy, I want to buy a house. I want to own a home. I want to, I used to look at the old school, the way back in the day, you would get these small little magazines and like the supermarkets with a bunch of houses. That's how you look for houses. Yes. I would always get them. And that was my pastime. I would look at them and look at the prices and be like, I want that. But those numbers are so <laughs> high. The desire was always in my heart. So now when my husband and I got together, we would go house shopping. We knew we couldn't afford it at that moment, but we spoke it into existence. Mm -hmm. We knew we had to make the necessary adjustments to get there. And we did. We always spoke nothing but life over ourselves. We said, we're going to be business owners. We're going to have great careers. Our children are going to be in private school. We're going to have a house. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, instead of we don't have. And I promise you, Nicole, that mindset is why we are where we are today. My husband and I built our house, our house from scratch. Like it was literally built from the ground up. I don't say it to, to boast at, it at all, but it is because I put the work in getting a good credit score. I have a phenomenal credit score that now I'm bringing my daughter in under me so that she can gain that same credit score. Because you know what? the community that we live in, our people, they don't set the kids up. And then there's these other children in different cultures to do, and they get a step ahead. And, and, and I just could not let that happen. So we worked really hard. We put in the work, we got the degree, we rolled up our sleeves and we worked. We worked, we grew, and we knew that struggle wasn't going to always be it, even though we started there. Sure. We did. But here we are today. You really are what you speak. Yes. You believe it, you can get it. Absolutely. You just got to work for it. No, I love it. And, you know, now we can pivot into the importance of faith in your life and career. And I guess it's, it's a pretty self-explanatory question and probably the answer that comes with it. But how important is it? And how do you balance having the faith in your career and speaking that with people, right? Because, you know, some people are like, eh whatever people's level set is, how right. do you balance that? Because I see it when you speak it and it's, it's so energizing. And what do you call when it's, when you feel it and I feel it. Energy. And, yeah, energy, but energy, like the, 
<laughs> it's okay. But basically, you know, it's so encompassing and, you know, you're feeling it. So I'm like, yes, yes, yes. You know, so how right. do you, yes. How do you balance your faith with your career and mixing all of that? Because I could see that. that that's you know, priority. that's a great question. That is a phenomenal question. And I don't think I've ever been asked that, but if I can be completely honest, I am, there is no career without faith for me. There is no successfulness in my family, in my marriage, in my life without my faith. So I have to mention it because I'm nothing without it. Me personally, right? And I think when you get to a place in your faith that you're so confident in it, but you still can love everybody no matter where they are in their faith, it's easy for you to share it. You know what I'm saying? I don't judge anyone. I don't care what's your walk of life. If you believe in this or that, or you don't believe in nothing, I'm still going to love you with the love of God. I'm still going to love you, but I'm going to stand firmly in who I am and with why I am where I am. I won't push it on you. I'm an evangelist, but I don't, I don't even operate on religion. I operate on relationship. I have a relationship with Christ and he is, he saved my life. He removed addictions off of me. He took strongholds that were holding me back off me. Just everything that I thought that the enemy told me I wasn't, God told me I was. So I, how can I not share that? How can I not share his goodness? But I do it in a way that's so transparent and real. And that's why people gravitate to me because they don't feel those pressures of, people who are not believers and it's like, oh my God, here comes a believer Bible thumping or making me feel judged. I'm not here to do that. Was I ever there? Maybe, maybe sometime because I'm human, but where I am today, my confidence is in Christ, but I love people and I don't care where you come from and what you do, what you don't do, but you don't know about God if you around me, sis, because I can't deny it. <laughs> no, I love it. It's so, I love it. I love you can, it exudes from you. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I'm so happy that I have you on because I think these kind of conversations are so great to have. I think it, it does wonders because, you know, people can get a snippet of you on an Instagram page and see what you're talking about. But until you have a one-on-one conversation, you know, you don't really know. So the, these right. conversations are important to have. And, and I love that faith is a big, big part of my life too. And yeah, I wouldn't be, yeah, like the, the relationship and and I try, you know, I, I know I'm not there yet, but I try, which maybe is the point to live my life in that way that because I'm so thankful for everything that I have, I'm like, you know, it's like the, I am not worthy. So whatever I got to continue to do to just say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and make sure yes. I go to bed with a clear conscience and being kind and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Um, so I think these conversations are important to have because you don't hear about it in careers. You don't, you know, people try and shy around from things. So, but to your point, you're, you're organic. It is who you are. And you can feel the realness and, and being transparent with it, which is all that people could ask for. And some people might get it. Some people might not, but that's not your problem. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And if I can just say to what you said about feeling, you know, maybe sometimes unworthy and or you just say feeling unworthy, but wanting to feel worthy and being like, am I doing right? Am I a good person? And, you know, am I treating people right? And am I going to sleep with a good conscience? And I just want to say to the listeners that it really is about that. It really is about your own personal relationship. If you do have a desire to even seek that is you, God meets you where you are. And sometimes we think we have to come to him with all the checkpoints and with everything perfect. (laughs) I'm gonna get real. I'm gonna get real for two seconds because I know our time is limited. But when I came to God, I was addicted to marijuana. 
My mom had abandoned me when I was 15 years old and I struggled with rejection, heavy rejection. And when you struggle with rejection, you let people take advantage of you because you feel like you need love from other people, whether it's a man, whether it's a friend, whether it's a drug, whether it's just so many areas that you turn to because you're rejected. And I went to God and I relinquished my life to him with those things on me, with the addiction to marijuana, with the addiction to cigarettes, a very angry person. I was very angry. I cursed like a sailor. And I went to him and was like, listen, I'm just relinquishing because I tried everything else and nothing else worked. (laughs) Nothing else worked. Yes. I tried it all, girl. Okay. The friends, the club, the men, the, 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 the clothes, the everything, nothing, nothing filled my spirit and my soul. And when I finally surrendered, he cleaned me from the inside first and then the outside. So what people see on my social media, what people see when they meet me, that's years of work that God has done in me. Mm. It took years to get here. So it's all about taking that first step. None of us are perfect. We fail every day. We fail every day, but we shouldn't walk around feeling condemned. Like we're like, we're not worthy. We are worthy of God's love every day. And he loves us. Yes. So I won't get to, somebody needed to hear that. (laughs) Yes. No, no. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that because I think some people might silently have that and and feeling that. So thank you for your honesty in that and speaking your truth. And we'll kind of now pivot into how then do you manage being a wife, I, I, you know, the balance, because I'm like, everyone's like, oh, there's no balance. So now I've kind of changed that aspect mm-hmm. of the question. And I'm like, how do you manage? Because I think that's what we yes. do. How do you manage your roles? How do you manage being a wife, a mother, a friend, a, a leader, helping these women, these, you know, help holding them accountable, your, your nonprofit, being a business owner, what do you do to refill your cup and recharge? Yeah. So I started something new after the pandemic started a few months into it, I started working out. That was something that I didn't do before. I did everything else. I was a workaholic. I'm like, I'm a boss. And you know, this word of being a boss, you're not a boss until you start paying somebody. Okay. (laughs) When you start paying somebody, then you become a boss, you know, but this idea, we don't have to always be a boss, but we need to be a boss in our own right of for ourselves. Right. I began working out. I began working out. I began running every other day. I began drinking a lot of water. I began eating healthier than I've ever eaten because I realized that if my mind and my body weren't in a good place, then nothing else could follow. I wouldn't have balance in any area because it's true. What you eat is who you are. And you really, I learned that. I think a lot of people learned that during this pandemic because we're sitting more than anything. So I changed my diets. I started eating healthy. I don't eat perfect. Right. But I, I work out at least I have my, I invested in a Peloton bike. It is phenomenal. I love it. I use it at least three to four times a week. And the more I use it, the more I build the stamina to go forth. I obviously pray. Prayer is so important to me. I try to wake up earlier than my family does and invest that time in prayer because if I'm not right, then I can't be good for them. And I don't do it every single day, but I do it more than less, if that makes any sense. Seven days a week, maybe four or five days, I am getting up. Even if I just literally open up a scripture in my Bible and I just read it. You know what I'm saying? Just something simple. And then other times I'm in my closet for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, just thanking God. But my faith is one of the things that really helps me working out and drinking water. And people think that's not a big deal. It's huge. It is huge. Your mindset will go with what you do. And I have a things to do list daily. 
Yeah. I, I live by my things to do list for all my businesses. And then here's one thing that I just recently did a few months ago, and it has been amazing. I hired an assistant. I hired an assistant and I got a cleaning lady. Yes, I did. This Puerto Rican got a cleaner lady. You know, the Latinos don't do that. They're like, no, no, no. Yo limpio mi casa. Yo no necesito a nadie. I do it myself. My sister and I have been trying to get my mom because she's always whatever. And I'm like, look, mommy, this is 2021. Like, come on. I, I don't I have to, like, no. no. <laughs> Listen, it removes, first of all, it just takes off the, the time, right? That you're spending on doing it. But when you see your house looking so spotless, the bathrooms, the beds, it's just like, huh. <laughs> how did I do that? I worked extra smart, not hard, but I work smarter with my businesses so that I can make the money so that then I can hire out. Yes. You can outsource. I can hire the assistant. I can hire the cook, the, the, the cleaner lady. And I love that I'm supporting another small business. So those are the things that I do to help me stay balanced, honey. And for the wives on the line, make sure that you do not allow any business, any drama, anything from the outside to get in the way with your time, with your spouse. Because a lot of these people want what we have. They want marriage. They want a husband. And we're sitting here so busy catering to everyone else, saying yes to everybody. And our husband's looking at us like, what about me? I'm not going to be caught that girl. Absolutely not. I was at one point. Now I'm like, nah, sorry, can't do it. No, that's not going to work. Maybe next time. Because I got to make sure I give my husband the time that he needs and my children. So so important. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> no, I love it. And I'm happy you mentioned that because a lot of time women don't say that we have to outsource, but it is so important to outsource your time and yes. whatever that is. And actually my, I have to kudos to my husband because he's always kind of been that way. He's like, look, time is money. So yes. if, you know, if whether it's cleaning or whatever it is, he's like, we need to look at where we can maximize our time. That's it. So that our use would be better in something else. And that's how I kind of present it like to my parents and the old school way of thinking is like, you know, we're on a different path. We're trying to build a generation of wealth. We're trying yes. to do things differently this time around. Not that it was wrong, but like you said, when you know better, you do better. That's right. We're just trying to do that. But to your point about the the husband aspect, that's so true. And it's funny because quickly, one of the, the podcast episodes I have posting tomorrow, this woman and I, we were talking and she kind of flipped it for me as far as she said, to-do list and prioritizing. She was like, my family is prioritized first. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's right. such a good point. She was like, I was like, because usually we're like, okay, our work, we, we put that, then we fill in and say, where can I fit my family? And she's like, no, no, no. Mm. First is on the weekend or whatever days, my family and I are going to do this. Or she's like, actually, it's me first, me and right. I need this, right? Whatever, you know, if getting up in the morning, but I'm on the list. Your time, your me time. Then it's my family, my whether right. my husband, me and my kids, family, or whatever that she's like, and then the fill in the blanks will work. And I was like, God, that's such like a aha moment, but it's so true because yes. I'm like, then you're really prioritizing. She's like, correct. Then if someone comes, I'm like, nope, 2 p.m. on Saturday won't work, but before and after will. And I was like, yes. I love it, I love it. I love it. Yes, I will tell you that it has completely shifted my mindset and has helped me with my mental health. I've been at moments that I've completely drowned myself in work and doing too much, saying yes to everybody because I'm afraid if I don't, I'm going to miss the opportunity. Like when you're building, you know, as an influencer, social media, social media could be very poisonous. I love it. I do love it. But there's moments that I really dislike it because 
it's 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 the story of two tales. Like, it could be very one, but you don't see the other side. Yes, you gotta have balance. You gotta take the time off. You have to like I, sometimes I just fast and I'm like I'm not going on. People need me. They know they could find me through my email, my phone, because your mental health is so crucial. And if you don't take care of yourself, you will find yourself burnt out. Yes. Love I it. cannot be burnt out. No. Burnt out season left in 2019, not even 2020. Okay. So <laughs> that's so true. Cause 2020 was kind of whatever. It's like, yeah, no, it's pre, it's even pre, oh, yeah. <laughs> pre-dating pre-COVID, 2020. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, but it's so true. And oh God, like I said, I feel like I could talk to you and we could even continue on of so much more, but it's just, no, everything that you're saying is, uh, is facts. And, you know, I know I had said when I started all of this, I was like, I'm not going to be like, I know social media is important, but I am not going to be like, like living and dying and breeding. Like I I was already getting stressed and I'm like, oh no, like, I'm like, I I can't, I cannot, you know? So I was like, I need to let it go organically. I need to, you know, post and be myself. Like I can't be this thing. And, And I'm like, because it can, it can be a very draining draining I mean it's great I've met a wonderful woman and followed wonderful women and connections but yes it could be a very draining thing and if you don't catch it right it can bring you down yep back I mean and I know you mentioned like not balance but like maintaining it but it's really knowing when to say okay enough is enough I have to get off I'm not going to look at this I'm not going to do that my priority is here and outsourcing I've even outsourced through social media at times because I've run so many businesses I can't do it all yeah I can't if I show you my my office right now girl I got boxes I gotta get shipped out I have things for the academy that I'm preparing then I got regular family stuff it it adds up so it's just about you know being confident in that too that's the key word your confidence in it knowing that this is what I'm gonna do this is why I'm doing it and I'm sticking to it and when you do that you really become a boss. <laughs> I love it. Yes, no, it's so true though. It's a hundred percent truth. When you yeah. own it, you recognize it, you ask for help when you need it, and not and you recognize that not every opportunity is a good opportunity. That yes, that's what my my sister, um, my cousin-in-law says. She's like, every good opportunity is not a God opportunity. I'm not jumping on every stage. I'm like, that's like girl. <laughs> it's so true though, but we think that we have to. I mean, yes, it's all relative. But it has to speak to you. I think you have to you have to recognize where your energy is in and, and, yeah. and if it's making you feel good and what it's entailing with it. Really? But now this is great, great information we're putting to the masses because I think people need to recognize that. Um, especially yes. if you are trying to build something, you do think you need to go, go. And it's like, no, you need to check yourself and see where you are mentally and where you're at. Yes, um, that's actually one of the things I teach in the academy and the academy that I'm starting in two weeks that I just closed out I got my group of girls it is that it is about business the right way to do it not to burn yourself out branding marketing incorporating all of those things how to do it successfully so that you don't walk away feeling like this ain't it it ain't that this ain't it you just don't have the right person helping you so I'm excited for that and I just want to say this to you I get asked to be on on podcasts all the time and I promise you, you're probably the third one. I, I don't just do any podcast. I really pray on it. I think about it. But sometimes God just unctures me and says, go. And with you, I felt that. You see, I booked it really quickly. I saw I'm that. Like, and that's what, you know, let me tell you, when I saw that, I was like, oh, usually I get like a response back. And I'm like, 
And a lot of these women we've had some relationship with and we've never mm-hmm. spoken. So I didn't know, but oh my God, that's amazing. Yes. I felt right away. So good to be able to, to, to do it. I was just like, yep, I'm moving forward. I didn't even look at my calendar, nothing. Then I, I scheduled it in, which obviously we had a little mix out, so, yeah. but that's why, because I moved, but now I see why, because there's so much in you that, that, that God is doing. And you really, you are who you say you are. And whatever people see online is what they will get. And although I haven't met you in person, but it is very clear that you have a passion to do this work and you do it with love. So I am glad that you brought me on. You know, if you ever want me to come back, I will be honored. I'm telling you, I don't do podcasts. People ask me, I'll be like, I don't know. I'll let you know, but I just felt led. Thank you. Thank you. But because I, we still... we got about 10 minutes. We can go. No, no, that's fine. But I just wanted to share that with you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I actually got the chills. Thank you. Because I am. I, I started this in 2019. I wanted moms to have a voice. I, I feel like don't even get me started. The postpartum side of moms, which is what I'm trying to work on and, and really help build moms up because baby comes and everything is baby and moms are left to the wayside. Yes. And I'm trying to kind of change that. But, you know, it's all in it's all in t- God's timing. But that's it, day by day. Yes. And that's what I'm trying. And having conversations like this, you know, of having these connections, but I do want two things. One, tell me what's next for you. You have the Academy kind of tell the listeners what you have going on next. And then we'll kind of go into 2021, what you want to leave behind in 2020, what you want to bring forth in 2021. And then we'll get into my quick get to know. Great. So what's next? All right, I'm gonna listen. I'm thinking big. What's next is a building, okay? A glass building where I'm gonna have all of my businesses in one space and people can come to conferences there and women can get what they need there and they can come get their merchandise, okay? And I can do academies right in that atmosphere and I can help people and pour back. That's not what's next today, but I'm speaking it into existence, all right? In the name of Jesus. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. What's, What's next? What's definitely next? So my Relentless Faith brands, I did a lot of lounge sets kind of, which we were home for so long. I'm shifting that a little bit. So I'm working on some new merchandise that I'm going to be putting out for the summer. The Academy, it is closed now, but I am going to open back up in about a month or so to do individual one-on-one coaching with any of my clients that I've had. And then I'll do the Academy again. It's so great. I even have, they're getting like this box full of goodies to start the the Academy. I'm just so excited. I love just growing with women. So that's kind of what I have going on now. And just, you know, some speaking events in the future, I am trying to do a conference. It's probably going to be in Maryland, but in October through my nonprofit, because I want to do something physical in a, in a location, you know, prepare it correctly, COVID testing, all that. But I need to be in a room with women. It's just different. It's just a different vibe, but that is what's next. God willing in the name I of Jesus. It. And then you had another question. What am I leaving in 2020 and now we're working on in 2021? What I'm leaving in 2020 is feeling bad when I tell somebody no. I was okay with saying the no. It wasn't the no that bothered me. It was how I felt after. Mm -hmm. I got to, you know, I was confident in saying the no, but then I would be like, oh, you sure? But why did you tell that person no? And how come you can't be there for them? And why you can't do this? And you should have said yes. And let me tell you, that thing debilitates you. Because we get mommy guilt, even with our children. We we never want to say no. 
But this year, honey, I am not apologizing for my no. I'm going to say no with a period at the end. And that's it. Because that's a sentence. That's a full sentence. No. And I'm going to walk away and I'm going to be okay with that no. Because I'm going to be confident in who I am and confident that whatever I had to provide for you, whoever you are, husband, children, friend, job, I don't care who it is. When it's meant for me to do it, I'll do it. And if I can at that moment, then that's because I just not called to do it. And that's it. Keep moving and that's it. So I love it. Love it. That's what I'm at. Unapologetically saying no. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you want to bring forth with you and really hope in 2021 kind of brings forth? And, and what do you want to bring with you that you learned from 2020? You know, I want to say that I am in a very unique place in my motherhood journey. I have a 16 year old, a beautiful 16 year old who's going to be 17. And, you know, that's a very doubt. I think I'm a woman, but I'm not really kind of (laughs) age. So I'm dealing with that. And then I have the seven year old who kind of goes through the own things. Then I have the three year old. So it's a very roller coaster ride kind of journey for me. And what I am making sure I do is let go of any mommy girl and feeling like I'm messed up anywhere Mm. along the way Mm. just accepting it I'm really at that place of accepting all of me the good the ugly I don't know something about when you start to get older you really just don't care you really don't care what people think anymore you really learn to live in who you are every part of you and that's where I'm at even in motherhood because as moms we can go to sleep one night feeling great then the next night we will beat ourselves up and we will go to sleep feeling like we are the worst parent. Oh my God, why did I scream so loud today? Oh, why didn't I do that? Oh my God, I missed this or this or that. No, we are releasing this idea of having to be a perfect mom. I can't be a perfect mom. I'm not, I'm just not. I'm a great mom, but I'm not a perfect mom. And I am living in that. And as long as I do that, everything else is just going to fall into place. I agree. I think it's meeting yourself like you were like earlier when you were like starting where you are with business. I think it's also starting with your family and being like, look, this is what I can give today. Showing grace for yourself, knowing that it's progress, not perfection. And I think as long as we're trying our best with our children, especially because I feel that girl this morning, like, yeah, we could probably go like, I was just like, "Ah," I had this guilt. It was like the minor thing, the most minor thing. And I'm like, why am I doing that? I'm like, oh, we just beat ourselves up for sure. But I think it's important. I'm glad that you said that because yes, I think, and as long as we're showing we're doing our best, that's, that's all that. That's it. That's it. That's it. Who do we really have to prove it to ourselves? Because let me tell you, I'll share this last piece. One time I heard somebody say, we think that our children are so concerned on how well we do and our accolades and what we, you know, what we show them and how well we do in areas. But when we really sit and talk with them in, in their eyes, we're just like mommy and daddy and they don't care about none of that. They'd rather just sit with you literally and color, play with Play-Doh, eat dinner, simple things. We overcomplicate motherhood. We do. They don't. We do. We overcomplicate it. Because no matter what I went through with my mother, I love my mother and I've forgiven her for whatever she's done. I don't remember half of it. But I do remember those moments that she gave me a kiss, that she gave me hugs, that she told me she loved me, that she sat with me, that she took us on like little family trips and did the best she could. And even my dad, that's what I remember. Yes. So we just have to like 
stop being so hard on ourselves. Stop wanting to be the Pinterest mom. Oh my God. Listen, that picture perfect. Get all the lunches, get everything right. And we're like, we have to do this. And it's like, no, if we break it down to the basics, my child, all my son cares about today. I was like, oh, mommy has yoga. He's like, but I'm going to miss you. And I'm like, yes, Bobby, but I I will see you in the morning. But it's all they want is to spend the time with you. They don't care what you're doing in the morning. He's like, mommy, you can sit with me and watch cartoons. I'm like, yes, Bobby, for a few minutes. That's it. That's all. That's That's all that they want. And we, like you said, the Pinterest mom, you hit it right on the nose with that. I've had my house for five years and I'm finally starting to like decorate, decorate it nicely. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, my kid's room when people come in here, like it's nice, but it's not like the Pinterest room. And I'm like, I the hell with it. They have a bed to sleep in. Okay. They got drawers and clothes. And if you're a Pinterest mom out there, there is nothing. But that's just not me. And I can't right. really No, to kudos that. to you. You're the bomb. If you call me up, help me out. But exactly. for me, <laughs> no, for a fact, because I'm like, that is not me. And if you are, kudos. But I was trying to live up to this thing. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not an yeah, arts no. and crafts. Like, my arts and crafts is like, we're going to come out on some paper. But this that's whole right, thing, girl. <laughs> it's not me. Give and I yourself have permission. Yes. I love it. Yes. Okay. So, what are we going to this quick get to know? Okay. What is a favorite book of yours or just one that you want to recommend to the listeners? Yeah. So for me, again, I, I, my faith is so important to me and I won't give the cliche answer of a Bible because that really is what I live by. But there's a book called The War Room. It is actually a movie by Priscilla Shire. I love Priscilla Shire. She's a pastor, phenomenal woman of God, but her book changed my life. It, I watched the movie, but it was nothing like the book. It really breaks down how to properly pray. And it's so organic. It's not like this where you'll open it and be like, oh my God, I don't even understand this language. She's talking to you in the book and she gives you these prayer points. And then she like talks to you about real life situations and she breaks it down into topics. Your family, pray for your family, pray for your business, pray for your children, pray for yourself. Like it it shows you the different areas and it it is a phenomenal book and it changed my life. And I recommend it to everybody. The War Room by Priscilla Shire. Okay, awesome. What are you grateful for today? I am grateful that, wow, I can say so many things. Oof, man. Mm. What speaks to your heart right now? I'm grateful for a teenage daughter that is trying to understand me while I'm trying to understand her in this season of mommyhood. Yeah. I'm grateful for that today. That's that's real. That's real, real. Because I know we as being daughter, that's a that's I understand that. So that's that's real. What's the best or worst, you can say either or parenting advice you've ever received? You know, I don't know if this is the best I don't know let me see there's so many things right people give us such great advice and so many things to do and not do I would prefer to stay optimistic right and share something positive I don't I wouldn't say this is the best because I can say so many things but I would say when before I had any children a friend of mine had a child and I used to like I was with them one day in a room hanging out it was like my old job and I remember not realizing that his daughter did something and I was like oh I said don't do that you're being a bad girl I was just you know just speaking and he was like don't call her that don't ever call any children bad don't ever ever call any children bad because they 
when you speak something like that, even if it's just like, oh, joking, they receive it for themselves and then they begin to act out in what you're calling them. And can I tell you, I didn't even have children yet. This was at least 20 years ago. I've never forgotten that. I've never, to this day, I've never called any of my children bad. I try not to call them words that are negative because I don't want them to absorb those words and to tell themselves that they are that because they really will begin to believe it. So that to me was life changing. And I didn't even have children yet. So happy you said that because again, going to generational wealth and things, I think a lot of times in the Latino community, in the black community, in these, you know, minority communities, like we just, we speak on that, you know, it's like in in graves, like, why are you being bad? Or why are you being, you know, you're so this, you're so that. I remember having that, especially I'm Puerto Rican and Italian. So a lot Mm -hmm. of passionate, very descriptive things being thrown. And although I knew it wasn't coming from maybe a, a malicious place, always it stays with you. Yeah, of course. So I, I, course. I'm very much conscious and aware of that. So yes. I'm glad you said that because I it's think that's power so- in our words. Yes. Our words speak life or death. Yes. So we have to watch what we say, not only to our children, but to ourselves. Yes. hundred percent. A thousand percent. Yes. What has being a business owner taught you? You can't succeed if you don't fail. I mean, uh, some people, the people who succeed the most and who can give you those stories of having the multi-million dollar businesses and they've done this and that and they've grown to these high levels of accomplishments, I guarantee you they failed a lot. Every time I failed, I pivoted and I learned the lesson and I grew and I got better, but I didn't give up. You cannot succeed if you don't fail. Love it. And I think that's an important lesson that you're teaching your children. And I'm sure they recognize through whether they're, whether you think they're watching or not, and they see that. And I think that is such an important skill that we need to teach in our children, the act of resilience, the act of bouncing back, the act of pivoting, if you know, being adaptable, any advice or wisdom you hope your children will always follow. So many different things. Um, I know. (laughs) I know. And, and, and I tell you, I promise I looked over some of them, but it's such they're just so powerful. They're so meaty. That is so many things. And because I'm a speaker, I'm a talker. I want to talk, talk, talk. <laughs> but I would say the biggest thing is just, and it may sound cliche, but it, it really isn't because it can change the trajectory of your life. Like be a leader, even if it's scary. Even if you're, even if what you're leading in, no one else is following. Be a leader because it's so easy in this time now in the world more than ever to fall to the temptations and the peer pressure of what you see, but what you see is not what you get. So I teach my children, I teach my daughters, especially my girls, and even my son at three years old, I still teach him. My husband's in law enforcement and he's like alpha male. So with his son, he's like, yeah, but he's Dominican. So that's like, you know, that, that, that's just a whole nother piece. But I teach, I teach my children, be a leader. Even if it's scary, don't, it's okay to follow the right crowd if they're doing something good. But if they're not, lead, man, lead. Set an example and break your own grounds. And that is why I've been so successful because there's so many things and so many obstacles that they could have used against me. Oh, you a Latina, you got an accent, you got tattoos, you from the Bronx, you talk with your hands, all of these things. And they've made me who I am, honey. And I'm unapologetically doing it. So I am paving the way for other women like me to know they could do it too. I love it. Any final thoughts to the podcast world? And if before you forget, 
stay where they can follow you. I mean, obviously I'll add it to the show notes and everything and all of that good stuff, but final thoughts and how people can follow you, contact you and all that great stuff. So final thoughts, if there's anything that you heard on tonight's podcast or today, whenever you listen, that spoke to you, write it down and act on it. It's not enough to just, you know, think it. You have to, the Bible reminds us to write your vision and make it plain. You have to write them down and actually act. So if something spoke to you, write it and move forward with it. However, that's going to be for you. Move forward in it. And how to find me, how to follow me. So my Instagram is I am Charlene Nader, which is my name, my first and last name. My website is www.charlenader.com. And there you can book me if you are looking for a speaker. If you want coaching, you can check out my products that I sell. And then houseofgem.co, C-O without the M. That's my nonprofit. Profit, and you can go there if you're looking for just any prayer, anything that you feel you need encouragement in, and you can see whatever are the upcoming events that we have. Or if you want to donate to the organization and and you know nonprofit vision that we have. So that's it, all in a nutshell. <laughs> Love it, Charlene. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on, for speaking your truth for feeling, you know, for feeling the spirit to come on and talk to me. I am so appreciative. This is why I do what I do. So thank you. Thank you. And, you know, continued blessings in all that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. It was phenomenal. It went so quick, but it was so good. (laughs) I hope your listeners feel the same. And thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for the work that you do. And whatever you desire to do, whatever is in your heart and your spirit, just go forth. Keep going because you have something amazing here. It's a gift. Everybody doesn't have the gift of podcasts. You do. Thank you, you, Mama. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. Please share this episode, download it, rate, review, and subscribe to my show if you haven't already done so. And tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her motherhood journey. Continue blessings to you all for love and light.